You're listening to Thinkers What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary, and today, Jacob Brott with Rockford Buzz, a fantastic online and mobile uh, website and application to find positive news about the Rockford area. Jacob, welcome to the Thinkers What Works podcast. Thanks so much, guys. Pleasure so, to be here. Rockford Buzz has been, ha- has, has been uh, available for a little over three years, I think you said. Right. Uh, tell us, what, what was the impetus for Rockford Buzz? Uh, I guess the motivation was that uh, that article came out in 2013 that pretty much listed Rockford as the armpit of the planet. Um, before that, you know, I've always Se- been a pro second Rockford wor- was, it, was it that we were second worst city in the country or first? I can't remember. I can't remember the exact details. I <laughs> second first. It's okay. I just know that for me, it was a, the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, yeah. I've always been a pro Rockford guy. My wife and I have always had fun going out and doing local things, but we had a lot of friends and family that you know had nothing but negative things to say, and they're always complaining that there is nothing to do. And so I started challenging them on, you know, have you been to this place or checked out this restaurant or done this thing? And a lot of them would claim ignorance. So I was like, all right. <laughs> Because they had never heard of anything positive. From exactly, because they hadn't heard of these local places or yeah. events. Or, well, they didn't. You know. They don't like to venture outside of their neighborhood. Right? Sure. The people will, will stick in the the area they're comfortable and and ignore all the cool stuff in other areas. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, true to a point. But at the same time, people drive hours and hours to go see a concert or true. you know go to something that's really entertaining. So I think that if you know, my thought at the time was if people knew. And they went out and experienced good, positive things about the community that their perception would then change because it's not just um, one side of the story, so to speak. Yeah. And so it actually started as just a Facebook hobby. I just went around taking videos of cool businesses and events going on in and around the city. I posted them up on Facebook. And uh, it wasn't too long before um, the people that had liked my page were not just my family and friends. And I was awesome. like, hey, I might have something going on here. Yeah. And a few months later, um, my wife and I found out that she was pregnant with our first son, Jethro, who is now going to be four in May. And that put a real sense of urgency as to either take this hobby to a next level or just quit it altogether. Because I was working full time in IT and now we have a baby on the way. And so that was kind of the, the birth of Rockford Buzz. And we got to work on the website. And then September of 2014, we launched the First version of RockfordBuzz.com. Wow. And how, tell us about that launch. How'd that launch go for you? Uh, just like pretty much any first launch, <laughs> um, plagued with problems and issues. Uh, so I thought you were going to say perfect. Uh, it just went off without a hitch it, and all your dreams were achieved. I wish that that was the case. <laughs> um, no. So I, I worked with a local developer in town and he was great, but you know, it's us two guys kind of working on stuff and we can't see everything. So we launched and had some issues and over about the next month or so, we figured it out. And so I kind of count, you know, the start date of the company as, you know, September of 2014, when we first started actually telling people that this website was out and in existence, as so opposed you, you to did a soft, he did like a soft launch. We did a soft launch. So it was out there, you were checking it, but you weren't, you weren't making a big deal out of it to friends and family. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we made a little announcement on Facebook, which got a fair amount of traffic more than I thought it was going to, um, which I guess in hindsight was a good thing because yeah. when you get a lot of traffic, a lot of bugs pop up. And right, so yeah. if you're going to do a soft launch, that's the way to do it. Awesome. So you so you went from this this position of a hobby, and then you have this life-changing event where you really have to commit or or put it away because you, you're out of time. Right. Right. Okay. And then you did a soft launch. It didn't go as expected. And then you did 
you kind of retooled everything and fixed things and then announced it to the world. Correct. So that was, now you said that was September 2014? Right. Okay, and here we are in what, 2018. So so tell us, what, what has been the evolution of Rockford Buzz since then? So version one um, and version two are both built on the WordPress platform. Okay. And so that's what I use as a content management for my backend. Yeah. Um, version one was a single page design. We tried some kind of new and different things, how to categorize and visually represent all these events that are going on. Right. Uh, turns out that it wasn't as intuitive as I thought it was going to be okay. uh, to the average user. Uh, so version two uh, came along in, uh, I believe, July or August of 2015. Uh, so uh, version one didn't last very long. It was pretty much January of 2015. Uh, I was like, hey, we have to fix this. Yeah. Um, we got some feedback, and it kind of just pushed us in a different direction. So um, we added promotions to the site, like your Taco Tuesdays and retail um, specials and sales, and gave it a new, fresh look. Um, and version two launched in July of 2015. And then at the end of 2016, um, I wanted to do more with the platform and add features. And at that mm -hmm. point, we had felt that we had really kind of outgrown our, the WordPress platform as a backend. Mm -hmm. We were just kind of starting to hit on some of its limitations as we wanted yeah. to scale the platform. Sure. And uh, so we started looking around. Um, I, The gentleman that I'd worked with before on the first two versions had taken a full-time position with a company in Arizona, so he was no longer here in town. <laughs> so uh, found somebody else. Um, short version of this is that uh, they dropped the ball and really bad, and so April I had to let them go. And May or so is uh, when we kind of started again from scratch on version three. And I had wanted to do a summer launch, a summer of 2017 launch, and uh, this is now May of 2017. And uh, I'd found an, another contract coder to help me out uh, through a recommendation of a close personal friend and, you know, business associate. And so um, we got to work and I quickly realized that if we were going to do a summer launch, I was going to have to learn how to program. Uh, when I started Rock for Buzz, I said two things. I was never going to program and I was not going to be the quote unquote video guy. I am now the video guy, right. and I now program. programmer. <laughs> so uh, if you enter into a business venture saying, I will not do X, Y, Z, the universe will conspire against you to do X, Y, and Z. Well, that's part of the reason, that's part of the reason I asked you in, because we had a conversation a couple weeks ago, and you talked about um, coding. And it's not like you didn't have some skill. It's not like you, know, you pulled somebody off the street who's never been in, and seen what code is and how it works. So you had some coding skills. But... You talked about you know almost like dropping yourself off in in Mexico without learning Spanish. You just decided to dive in and learn you know and and do it and, and basically immerse yourself. I mean, what, what was the process there? Right. So, I guess I had a tiny amount of experience uh, when I was in high school. I took a Visual Basic six and a Turbo Pascal programming class, um, which is they're like both dead languages now. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, I had some experience with logic. I've always been a math geek, so numbers are my friend. Um, but when I sat down to do this, I had never written a line of HTML or PHP. I didn't know anything about SQL database design. You know, I kind of knew what JavaScript was. Um, but through this process, I had to basically teach myself SQL queries and database design, PHP backends and APIs, HTML and CSS, JavaScript. And then when we moved into our 
framework, um, which now everything is under, which is the Ionic framework, they use TypeScript and Angular JavaScript. So I ended up having to teach myself about, I don't know, six or seven languages in six months' time. How? Uh, just like you said, it's the, um, it was basically full immersion. Mm -hmm. um, it started off really, really slow. I had a really big vision, so I wasn't starting from a, let's create a Hello World app. Or let's create something where you click a button and it tells you what date and time it is right now. It was like, let's build Facebook from scratch, ground up. And my learning process was essentially, okay, I have this framework. This framework has some documentation, which helps a lot. But my Google foo was strong. And so it was just a lot of Googling and finding a Stack Overflow or forum, you know, question response with little snippets of code. And... Um, just like how you know that the question you want to ask in another language, and so you type it into Google Translate and it kicks you back an answer, I kind of knew this is what I needed to do. And so I would type that into Google into playing English. And it would kind of kick me back a pseudo answer in code, and I copy and paste that stuff over and over and over again, just like I read off the translator over and over and over again. And before long, your brain kind of starts to pick up on patterns and recognize characters and things like that and after time like syntax just became more and more natural that's pretty intense yeah it was uh i spent probably from about i don't know six seven o'clock at night till one in the morning just about every day for that five to six month time. i bet plus you also have everything else going on right we've <laughs> got to maintain this the current platform and the the content yeah yep which is why i didn't start until nighttime because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was doing all my other stuff during the day and I would get home and, you know, um, spend a little bit of time with the, the family. Yeah. And once Jethro went to bed, I was like, all right, Rachel, I got to go up and get to work on this stuff. I got to, I got to figure out how to integrate the Facebook API. I got to figure mm -hmm. out how to add Google maps. I got to figure out how to do geolocation. I got to figure out X, Y, Z. So how do you, how do you feel that that, uh, that process, uh, and kind of time of struggle, how do you think that that has affected you now? How's it changed you? Well, so the time of struggle definitely sucked. Um, but now I look at coding as like a creative outlet for me. Hmm. Uh, my wife is a amateur writer. She just loves writing fiction. And so I kind of made an analogy. I'm like, look, you write creatively and people read your words in a literal sense. I write creatively and people experience my words through an application. Mm, yeah. She's like, oh, okay. Now That's a great analogy. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so now that I'm through that, uh, I really enjoy writing code in the process. Um, and for me as, you know, the owner and founder of the company, it's empowering. Because before, I always had to outsource my product design, essentially, was... I was relying on somebody else and, you know, I had to pay for that as long with, along with the margins for that person. Right. Uh, and then I was subject to their time frame and limitations mm -hmm. where um, now if I get a piece of feedback, I can implement changes right away. I mean, within 24 hours and push that out through a live deploy um, piece of our framework mm -hmm. um, so I can get that update out within a day instead of within weeks or months. So that, how, how do you balance, uh, how do you balance your production schedule now? So you have, you have content that you're doing mm -hmm. and you're doing a podcast here. Uh, you're the video guy. Yep. Right. Uh, you're running this company. Uh, 
probably doing the admin on it as well. And then you've got now the technical parts of the platform. How do you balance all these things? So um, when I worked in IT, I came from a project management background. So time management was like my specialty. And I've been able to take those skills that I developed um, working as an IT project manager and implement them into my life. So when I look at my framework development, um, we actually did this where we kind of scoped out the 2018 roadmap just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Courtney, my employee, my partner in crime, mm-hmm. um, and I sat down and kind of said, look, what's some of the things that we've been talking about doing? What are some things we've heard uh, that people would like? Uh, what are some things that are competition, i.e. Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest yeah. are doing that we're not doing? Um, and how can we do it better? And so I just kind of sat down. And I was like, look, if I'm going to take an hour or two a night, four nights a week to write code, what can I get done in that period of time? Um, and just kind of worked forwards from there. So we set, you know, small features and large features, and we broke it down by month. So these small features and this one large feature will come out in February. These small features and this large feature will come out in March all the way down through the year. So you've got a production schedule built out for the rest of the year. Pretty much, yep. Wow. And and so so for those of us who who uh, are listening to this, or those of you who are listening to this, yeah, I'm, I'm a programmer, so you've used a lot of different terms that I'm familiar with. Uh, some some of the folks who are listening are not familiar with those terms. Uh, yeah, Alex. Alex raised his hand. He's like, I don't know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> you should, you're speaking Greek to me. Honestly. I, and I apologize. <laughs> no, that's good because I'm, I'm curious. I wish I – when I was in high school, the program was just coming down. I thought it was a joke. And so I blew that class off. And Computers will never thing, come back. That's the dumbest thing I ever did. <laughs> They're not going to take over the world. They're saying that about artificial intelligence now. It's not going to take over the world. Yeah, and augmented reality. <laughs> right, yeah, just, totally. just wait until Minority Report shows up. You know? <laughs> you, so you've spent, I mean, at, at, up to this point, you've spent months, m- many, many months, teaching yourself a whole new skill set while operating a, a, a business that you know how to operate, but it takes time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, now you're at the point where you've got Courtney, she's on board, mm-hmm. uh, and you've got yourself... You're, you've mapped out technically what's going to happen for the rest of the year. Still, though, how do you how do you uh, stay competitive? Because Facebook is changing quickly, Instagram's changing quickly, Google's changing quickly. Uh, we've got uh, offerings from Microsoft changing quickly. Uh, sure. How do you, even though you've got this plan, how do you remain how do you remain agile and respond to events in the marketplace that you can't control? Uh, big piece of that is just staying in tune with what's happening in the marketplace. Um, you know, I don't have inside information as far as what's on Facebook's roadmap in their development pipeline right. uh, more than any other Joe. So um, what we've decided to do, though, is instead of being so focused on exactly feature for feature, um, we kind of took a look at our platform and said, what are we really trying to accomplish here? Um, and the goal was twofold. First, the passion was born out of just my frustration about the public perception of our community here right. in hometown Rockford. Um, but the actual business side of it is that you know we wanted to create a digital marketing platform that was accessible and affordable to local small businesses. Um, and because Facebook and now Instagram are ever moving towards the pay-to-play arena, um, you know, we kind of built our model a little differently. 
And so that gives us a bit of an advantage there. Um, but obviously, we don't have the scalability. We're just trying to focus right now on just you your know, local platform. Down. Yeah. So, so you're. I, I love that you're hearing that you're the the kind of the breaking point for you. The reason you you launched this was you had a personal frustration. Now, likely other people in the in the community also had a, had a frustration, which means they're all they're everybody's looking for an outlet for their frustration to resolve the problem, mm-hmm. right? So you resolve the problem and you create this digital marketing platform for small businesses. And one of the things I think I heard you say is that it's accessible for smaller businesses because, like you're talking about, Facebook and and other platforms are pay for play, uh, and it's very competitive and can be very expensive, right? Uh, because not only are there regional and local players trying to advertise on there, but there's all these national players as well with deeper pockets, uh, bigger budgets, and, and sometimes smarter ads. So are you telling us that the, the niche for Rockford Buzz, local companies who need to reach their local uh, reach their local constituents? Correct. So um, what we did is we kind of took a step back and we said, why are people doing all this social media and digital marketing in the first place? Yeah. And the answer is they want to grow an audience and access that audience. Okay. And the current social media platforms right now will allow you to grow that audience, but the second you want to access them, you got to pay. Yeah. And you got to pay through the nose (laughs) on a lot of that. Totally. Uh, So what we did was that instead of having a social media platform where anybody and their, you know, brother can go and post content, we have a community media platform where really it's only the organizations and the local businesses that are on the platform that are posting the content. So there's no pictures of, you know, someone's burger and fries or their new puppy or the baby that just came home. It's just the stuff that's going on with the local organizations here in town. And as opposed to, you know, a business posting something and then it gets lost in the nebula that is, you know, Facebook algorithm and Instagram (laughs) algorithm these days. Um, We took some of the things that people got really upset about when Twitter and Instagram changed their timeline feed from a chronological sort to this filtered algorithm. Yeah, that was a big deal. It was a huge deal. And so I understand why they did it, because they have millions and millions of contributors and you got to filter through the white noise somehow. Uh, With us, since we have, you know, hundreds or thousands instead of millions, um, we're able to keep that chronological timeline on our homepage. So when you're flicking through, you're seeing the stuff that hits the platform as soon as it hits. Mm. So you're always the first to know if you're on Rockford Buzz when a new event is published by a local business or, you know, like a retailer does something cool that you're interested in. Uh, And then we kind of expanded on that whole, hey, you have events and promos, which is great for getting people in the door. But then how do you re-engage them? And that's when we built in our digital rewards card program. So it's like a punch card, but it's on your phone. And instead of having 20 pieces of cardboard, you have one app with 20 digital punch cards in there. And we're able to run queries and analytics and report that data back to our customer, which is the business. Yeah. Uh, birthday club, um, special offers, push notifications. So when a user favorites the business, they can choose what they want to get notified on. And then when that business puts something up on the platform, that user knows about it right away. And so instead of, you know, trying to take their content and fit it into something else, we basically just gave them a whole platform by themselves. Yeah. Because people want to know things. People just hate being advertised to. So when you're listening to the radio, you're listening to radio because you want to hear music. So when an ad comes on, it rubs you the wrong way. Hmm. When you're watching a TV show and an ad comes on, again... It rubs you the wrong way. Same with Facebook. You're scrolling through Facebook to see photos of burgers and puppies and babies. 
and then an ad comes in and it rubs you the long way. Our platform is basically an entire platform of advertising. So you go on there to find out what all these places are doing and what's happening inside your community. And so there is none of that kind of, this is weird. Why is this on here? Like No I'm disappointment. On, no disappointment. Gotcha. No disappointment. You're not breaking their like mental state where they're in. You're not interrupting them at all. Right. Because... So who's your who's your target audience? So our our target for as far as businesses or users? Users. Users, soccer moms. Really? Okay. All day long. Yeah. Yep. They make most of the day-to-day purchasing decisions within the household and they do most of the family event planning. Um it wasn't when I first built this, it was for my wife and I. Right. When we were in our late twenties. Yep. That's what I was wondering, because I'm thinking, did you anticipate it was going to be soccer moms? Did you anticipate it was going to be for people like you? I anticipated it was going to be for people like me. Yeah. But then we look at all of our Facebook and our social analytics and our user analytics, and it's like, oh, nope, it's soccer moms. Well, it's still for people like you, because you guys had kids. You just moved into the demographic. Right. Right. Out of curiosity, when, when you looked at those metrics, did you adjust it for population? Is there just a greater number of population of soccer moms in this area versus the population of folks like you, or does it... Or, or is it that there are, there are a uh, that indeed soccer moms, uh, you know, thirty percent of soccer moms use this, and fifteen percent. I'm I'm just throwing numbers out there. You know, fifteen percent of of uh, you know young married couples use it. Sure. I don't know. Oh, uh, we didn't dive like super deep as far as mm-hmm. comparing you know like population yeah. percentages right, right. to our audience. Um, I think really what a function of it is, is that we started this as a Facebook hobby. So our primary mode of like, hey, we're here was our Facebook presence. Right. And so, you know, as Facebook's population kind of aged a little, so did our demographic age a little bit. Um, And that's one of the things that we want to focus on 2018 is kind of hitting a specific couple of demographics. So like a couple of years ago, we spun up our Instagram page and that's been growing really, really well. But still our primary mode is Facebook. You know, right. like 10,500 likes on Facebook or something that we built in the last three, four years. And that's our main way of reaching people now. Where, where does Rockford Buzz go from here? So uh, Rockford was always meant to be the test market. Okay. I figured if I can make it work in Rockford, Illinois, uh, I can make it work pretty much anywhere in the country. Okay. Or the new yeah. Peoria. Yeah, right. Okay. If it plays in Peoria. <laughs> yeah. If it plays in Rockford. Yep, plays in Rockford. It'll play anywhere. <laughs> there's, you, you know, Alex says, there's, I think uh, there's a whole population of people who have no idea what we just said. They're like, plays in Peoria? What are you talking about? Where's Peoria? Uh, yeah. And what does playing anything have to do with it? All right. I like looking up where these things came from. Right? We digress. I, I can tell you where OK came from, but that's not for this. <laughs> Oklahoma? No. OK? No, that's not it? OK. That's what I thought he was going. <laughs> no, nah, it's a presidential thing. See, we'll have to have to talk about it some other time. All right, Thinker sorry. history. That would be yeah. the next <laughs> We should. We should just come up with I'll some say, really you know, obscure if, history. If you really want to talk about Martin Van Buren, I, I'm your guy. <laughs> anyway, let's go. <laughs> oh, Van Buren. What a man. Sorry. Where's it go? So, so yeah. So, um, we want to kind of get through our 2018 roadmap. And actually, November and December is kind of an open piece of a roadmap where we start looking at what does it take to scale. We're obviously going to have to do a rebrand because there's only a couple of Rockfords in the United States. So, you know, we could do Rockford, Michigan. Yeah. Um, but And there's like one, is there one in... Uh, there's like seven of them. But Rockford, Michigan is the second biggest. Yeah, that's the that's yeah. the one everybody knows that's about. Right. But there are other ones. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so go through a rebrand uh, and then start kind of spreading regionally Mm -hmm. 
so we live in a really interesting area, which makes it great for testing this kind of platform, is how close we are to the state line. Because once you cross into Wisconsin, Wisconsin people really like doing business with Wisconsin people. Right. Which I totally get. So when this, like, Illinois company comes in to Wisconsin to promote things locally, and granted, we'll be, you know, our user experience will take a look at where they are with their GPS and then feed them only the data that's within, you know, a certain distance from where they're at, mm-hmm. right? So if they open up our application in Beloit, Wisconsin, or Madison, they'll get Madison or Beloit stuff. Um, but it's just, you know, starting to look, okay, beyond our community. Right. Um, so people know me. My personal brand is tied really, really tightly with my corporate brand right now. Yeah. Uh, because we're so active in the community. Uh, so when that Jake effect isn't there, then how does it stand on its own? The Jake effect. That's what we call it. Because there was, we didn't. It's an ism, man. I'm weird. What can I say? I'm writing. I'm writing this down. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> I mean, you have a Jason effect. I do. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I, that's a whole other thing. I mean, it's like the structure of companies, right? If a person <laughs> is not there, does the company continue on? You want to build something where if you're not out there selling. Right? It's still going to grow. Right. I call yes. it the beer truck test. Yeah. It's if you get hit randomly by a beer truck, will your company Why does it on? have to be a beer truck? I don't know. That's the way it was explained to me one day, and, and I liked it, and so it sucked. It could be, I guess, a milk truck. It could be any truck. Dump truck. Are you, are you looking more toward upscale? Or, I mean, if you're heading north, you're talking about Madison, Milwaukee, or do you feel like it's it's a way to move out geographically, conquer Beloit, conquer Janesville, then go to Madison? How do you how do you think about Correct. That? So the idea is to kind of scale radially from Rockford okay. and conquer these immediately surrounding metro areas. But then eventually we're going to get to a sea of corn in all directions and so then we will leap to the next kind of market and plant in that core metro area and then again spread out to the surrounding suburbs. So so I think what you're saying then is as you as you expand you're going to reach the corn boil effect where the percentage of events that are corn boils get too high. <laughs> yes. And then we'll be like, okay, we've gone too far. Yep. And then we jump. Okay, gotcha. Is, is that Great a whole new business plan? I mean, the way you're from Rockford, you knew people to talk to, to, you know, influencers or places you needed to go, right? If you grow and then you get to where you have to jump, like to a Madison or Elgin or farther into the suburbs, is it a new learning? Do you have to come up with a new business plan to systematize how you grow? Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to do some kind of rethinking and retooling of how we've grown originally. Um, because like I said, like I don't want to have to be in every single community. I can't drag my family all over God's green earth. Right. So, um, <laughs> so I'm going to have to figure out, like you said, how do you systematize it? How do I create, take this corporate culture and drive it down into the organization? Um, how do we make sure that our message stays on point when we have more and more people speaking the message? There's a lot of thought that needs to go into That's that. As, that, that will be even more complicated than learning to program. Yes, absolutely. Because people are way more complicated than syntax. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if people were computers. If people were computers. <laughs> that sounds like a children's book. <laughs> if people were... <laughs> All right. So Rockford Buzz, uh, you, you've got this plan. 
of where to take Rockford Buzz, it's gonna be it's gonna be bigger than just the local platform. You've, you're building, I think. What, what did you call it? You, a, compu- a community media platform and this digital marketing platform for small businesses in their local communities. Mm-hmm. So you're making you're making marketing more accessible. It sounds to some of these smaller businesses who find it difficult to compete in the big sea of uh, things like Facebook. Right. So uh, that's that we're looking forward to something out in 2019, 2020, and and beyond. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, if we stay on schedule for our 2018 roadmap, by the mm-hmm. end of this year, we'll have a platform that I feel is is scalable as far as a product. And mm-hmm. then we have to start thinking about all things we just talked about. Yeah. Cool. We got something that I feel we can take to any city USA. Now, how do we get it there? Wow, that's huge. Yeah. So if you, if you could maybe boil some of this down for our listeners, this is the What Works podcast, which, which also begs the question, what didn't work? If you could think of maybe your three, up to three, one, one to three uh, biggest successes and your one to three biggest failures and what you learned from them, what would those things be? What would you be your big, biggest success and your biggest failure? Just off the top of your head. Yeah. That's why I ask it spontaneously. Right. <laughs> so uh, I was actually just thinking that a lot of my bigger successes are tied directly to really big failures. Right. So so tell us about that. So I uh, have a terrible track record when it comes to finding contract programmers. <laughs> and uh, it has put my, um, put my company back at least two years. I mean, if yeah. I would have just sat down and just gritted out learning code from day one, I would probably be in another, in another region by now. Wow. Um, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't feel that programming was my strong suit. I didn't want to learn a new skill. I was very good at sales. I was very good at um, relationship building and community building uh, because that is what I had done professionally before that. So when I started the company, I was like, I'm going to focus on what I'm good at, even though programming is essential to the development of my products. Right. I'm going to outsource this and I'm going to pay for it with my sales ability and my capability of growing the company from a revenue standpoint. Hmm. And what I ended up doing is I shot myself in the foot because pretty much every spare dime of cash flow that came in went right to a developer. And I had very little control over just casting a vision, making some sketches and letting them know yay or nay. Mm -hmm. But I had very little direct control on the actual development of my core product. So if you you, uh, make that lesson more broad for our listeners, what are you recommending that a listener consider at least when they're coming across something similar? Sure. So what I would say is I would say take a look at what you need to do to grow the business. Like what's your product? What do you need to do to make that product better and to continually improve it? What do you need to do to grow revenue from like a sales and relationship building standpoint? Um, And, don't be afraid to learn new skill sets. When you're just starting out, you need to have your hand in every one of those core areas of your business. Um, because one, you're going to develop some new skill sets, which are always useful. So even if the business fails, your ability to get a job somewhere else just gets that much better. Um, and then it just removes a lot of stress and financial burden from the project as well when you can just do stuff yourself. Now, don't stay in that zone for forever. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but I would say kind of identify these are the things that need to be done. I'm good at two out of three of these, so I would recommend getting better at the third. That's awesome. 
that I think is great advice, and I think that's that's it, it certainly resonates with me, and I know that it does with a lot of the the other entrepreneurs who've been on here before. So thank you for that. So uh, our time's come to an end. So the, we got this thing, the Jake effect, which <laughs> I think we're gonna need to figure out a way to follow up on. Uh, and the lake effect is awful. The lake effect in Chicago means you get snow and cold. <laughs> I would I mean, like I to think the Jake effect is better, but I, I have a biased opinion towards that. Well, so. you had a great analogy before, and I'll, so I'll take a stab at one. Where the lake effect takes a storm and magnifies its precipitation, right? The Jake effect takes communication and magnifies people's ability to communicate. Yes. I dig it. Yes? Yeah. No? Yeah. Let's go with that. No? We'll go. We'll go. We'll go. <laughs> People are like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you've been listening I mean, to Thinkers What Works podcast. Jake, it has been a pleasure to have you on uh, today. Everybody can go online, rockfordbuzzbuzz.com, uh, to to see offers from, from folks, uh, businesses in the area, uh, and to connect with you. Uh, presumably they got uh, ideas or, or questions. Uh, yeah, we're always right. looking for feedback and, and input because we want to make it better. <laughs> right. We can't see everything. So <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks for being here, Jake. Thanks. Thanks.